What a marvelous train wreck of a Bible book. <laughs> I say that not, not flippantly or not wanting to tear it. It's, it's amazing. It's an excellent, incredible, worshipful one because it takes my life, the things that I want to find value and identity and, and, and sort of meaning in, and kind of one by one he's been pushing them aside. You know, the teacher has been scouring life under the sun and looking to find sort of something that will satisfy and <laughs> remarkable. Pleasure? Fleeting. Achievement? <laughs> You're, maybe you'll achieve something, but it's going to be soon forgotten, like sandcastles on the seashore. Sort of finding self-worth in, in time or justice and you can't control either one. Merit? Worth nothing. Riches, rusting, and sort of you're a pauper anyway. Death, it happens to everybody. We looked at that last week. There's no escape, no matter how good you've been. So when I act in a certain way in order to get longer life or reward outside of the deed I'm doing, my self-righteousness is exposed. and It's not a pretty thing, and so we spend a lot of our time as we've been through this book looking at things that expose ourselves and honestly sort of despair would rule supreme in this world of absurd meaninglessness vanity were it not for the reality of something outside of us right and we've seen that over and over there's something outside of us there's a hope outside of us it's not in us because if it were we would find some sort of piece of wisdom in ecclesiastes that would help us say okay this is the pathway by which we can get where we're supposed to be so, who will save me through this body of sin and death? And you know the answer, right? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Fabulous. So today, I, I hope today is a little fun because he tackles something that I think is, is, is the theme of half of the TikToks and reels that you see. It's foolishness. Oh man, if our world doesn't take up foolishness, we, we love watching it, we love laughing at it, we love all of this folly. And, and we know that folly is bad. There's a fool born every minute. Just read the headlines, right? <laughs> Sorry if I laugh at myself, because I'm a fool. But, but, but I was watching the headlines of a thief in England, right? And he broke into the house and he was stealing stuff, but they had their computer there and it was on, so he got on to check his Facebook and he left the page open when he left <laughs> with his address. <laughs> yeah, he's in jail. <laughs> Fool, right? Like, or the guy, have you seen the guy who, he, um, I saw this on a reel. Someone wanted to like really get their barbecue thing going. So they, they, they got a thing, they took the lighter fluid, you know, and, and then they took the, the, the lighter and they kind of put it together to make it. He has no hair. <laughs> the fool. It's that kind of stuff. It, it's, it's a little fun to see, but... We kind of know foolishness. Nice to see that it's in the Bible. As, as the preacher, the teacher, Kaheleth, he looks at it today. This is chapter 10, foolish. So let's look at it. What we're going to do is we're going to go pretty quickly through the content of what he does to define the fool. To define what it is to be foolish. And, and then we want to think about it in our lives, how it works out practically for us. So here we go, if you have your Bibles. Chapter 10, verse 1. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench, so a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. Well, that starts off, you know, 
right away. You know, he's going to be talking about foolishness, and even a little foolishness is really bad. It outweighs all of your wisdom and all of your honor. It's bad. A wise man's heart inclines him to the right, but a fool's heart to the left. Okay, this is not a verse for conservatives. This is saying they're totally opposite, right? The, the, the wisdom goes one way, but your heart, and it's about the heart, pulls you the other direction when you're a fool. Even when the fool walks along the road, he lacks sense, and he says to everyone, he is a fool. Well, there it is. Even in daily living, you can see it. And you know, isn't that true? You can see foolishness a mile off. You walk somebody and they're barely walking because they're tripping over their shoelaces and they could have just tied their shoes. That's foolish. What are you doing? I can spot you, fool. If the anger of the ruler rises against you, do not leave your place, for calmness will lay great offenses to rest. Well, that's the fool, right? He would run away from anger. He would get defensive instead of being calm, solid. Instead, foolishness is flighty. There's an evil that I've seen under the sun, as it were an error proceeding from the ruler. Folly is set in many high places, and the rich sit in a low place. I have seen slaves on horses, princes walking on the ground like slaves. So folly's no minder to position. Boy, I... It isn't the rich who are not foolish and the rulers who are wise. We sure saw that today. I mean, have you seen both sides of our ruling political class? Fools all over, right? Thank goodness, I pray for wisdom for our leaders. Those resources and position and so often they call good bad and bad good and that's foolishness. They get mixed up and confused and they spout nonsense. Okay? He who digs a pit will fall into it. A serpent will bite him who breaks through a wall. He who quarries stones is hurt by them. He who splits logs is endangered by them. So, so, so foolishness isn't an issue of lack of work. It's lack of thinking it through. It's like, oh yeah, there you are. You're digging a pit and you fall in because you didn't think about, about building in such a way that the walls don't fall as you're digging it. Or you, you're, you're busting through the wall and working hard, but you haven't even thought about what's behind the wall. Come on, fool. That's what he's saying. If the iron is blunt and one does not sharpen the edge, he must use more strength. But wisdom helps one to succeed. So the fool lives life unprepared, doesn't think ahead. Oh, oh yeah, I should have filled up the car with gas. I wouldn't have run out on the highway. That's foolishness. Not to think through stuff. The words of a wise man's mouth win him favor. Oh, did I miss one, huh? The servant bites before it's charmed. There's no advantage to the charmer. It almost sounds like Proverbs, right? The whole idea being, it's one thing not to think through something to the end. It's another thing not to finish the task that you're on. That's foolishness. If you don't actually get it done and the snake bites you, well, you should have finished charming it. I'm not even sure about snake charming anyway. Don't know about you. Sounds kind of dangerous. Sounds kind of foolish. The words of a wise man's mouth will win him favor, but the lips of a fool consume him. The beginning of the words of his mouth is foolishness. The end of his talk is evil madness. On the contrary, the words of a wise man's mouth 
I'll win in favor. That's what we just said. That's the thing, right? So it's foolishness comes in speaking a lot. I know this and so do you. You walk, somebody just start talking and they keep talking and talking and pretty soon you're like, I don't think they know what they're talking about. Yeah, that's you, Swanson. <laughs> People like to hear themselves talk and that's foolishness, he's saying, right? Multiplies words, he says. In fact, I think that's what he says next. A fool multiplies words. Though a man knows what is to be and who can tell him what will be after him. Full of hot air, opens his mouth and what comes up and you, and, and you know this. You should let your words be few. Okay? The toil of a fool wearies him, for he doesn't know the way to the city. So a fool toils away, but they don't know where they're going. I know lots of people like that. They're working so hard. Have you thought about what's coming in five years or ten? No, I don't even think about it. I just, I'm just. Do you know the way to get to where you think you want to go? And to not know is to be foolish. Okay? Woe to you, O land, when your king is a child and your princes feast in the morning. Happier you, O land, when your king is the son of the nobility and your princes feast at the proper time for strength, not for drunkenness. So the fool has terrible timing, like does stuff at the wrong times and then misuses things. Like there's an order to how things should go. And if you're a fool, you, you use them wrongly. Here he's talking about feasting, like you can use feasting for strength or you can use it for drunkenness and the fool goes for drunkenness and pleasure when they should be strengthening themselves. You know, it's great to wear swim trunks for swimming, but it's not good to wear swim trunks to the wedding. That's foolish. Okay, through sloth, the roof sinks in and through indolence, the house leaks. So laziness is foolishness. Saying the fool can work hard and still be foolish. But honestly, indolence, not even as your house is falling apart, you're not even trying to fix it, that's foolish. That's not wise. Bread is made for laughter. Wine gladdens life. Money answers everything. <laughs> There's one to memorize. <laughs> yeah, the Bible's real, right? I mean, what it means is that the fool grumbles over his bread. Uses wine not for gladdening life, but for numbing life, and doesn't think money is worthwhile. That's, that's foolish. It's wisdom to say, hey, this, this is what the thing is for. Okay? Even in your thoughts, don't curse the king. Nor in your bedroom, curse the rich. For a bird of the air will carry your voice, or some winged creature tell the matter. This is before, you know, microphones. People overhear you. The things in your heart that you think, oh, it's now quiet. I can finally tell my real opinion about something and let out my foolish thoughts. And that gets told to the person that you... Yeah, I mean, you had that experience as a fool. Even the masks you wear, you let them down eventually. You think you're alone. You speak your real heart. And you're overwhelmed by folly. Okay, that's a quick tour through a whole chapter. As he, he, what, what's his theme been the whole time? Foolishness. This is what it looks like. Classic, right? You've met or you've heard or maybe even you've been some of these people that he's referring to. And man, I'm sure glad it's not usually me. But here's the problem is we laugh at the Facebook reels and the Instagram posts and the TikToks. <laughs> these people being so silly. Who are those people? Because it... it 
pure wisdom is unattainable. And if I don't have pure wisdom, then sometimes I'm not wisdom, which means I'm... Wait a minute, is the fool... Who is the fool? This is kind of important to think about, important for you to identify, as you see, if you find the fool. It's like that goat's a fool, man. Look at himself all tangled up in a mess. Who is it? So here's the thing that I'm really important for us. Say, okay, you go through and you go through the Bible and you read these ideas and these proverbs, if you will. They're almost like instructions defining what a fool is. You say, I agree with those things. Boy, you shouldn't be lazy and, and you should think ahead and you should follow through and you should, you know, all these things that say, yes, to be wise, a skillful liver. You should be doing, I say skillful liver. I really don't mean inside of you. A skillful liver of life, right? If you're going to live your life skillfully, this is a great, these things are what I want to do. But then, then, then the thing you're supposed to do is to identify who the fool is. And I'm sorry, I'm picking up the mirror. You are the fool. Think on that with me for a minute, would you? This becomes really important where the Bible goes. It's not just a collection of pithy wisdom so that you can live your life a little better. You're the fool. So I, I found him. I found the mirror. I remember just my own life. I, haven't you ever done something really foolish? I mean, I've repented of it, I suppose. I was driving down one time. I said, said this, stop us. I did everything right. I came up. I stopped at the stop sign. I put on my blinker to turn left. I looked both ways. There were no cars coming. I turned left and drove up the road. It was a one-way road the other way. Have you ever done that? It's like, oh, no. I was like, oh, there's no cars coming. In the first alleyway I could, I took, you know, thankfully I didn't get into a horrible accident. So one little thing I did wrong. I did lots of things right. But the one little thing I did wrong means I'm driving up the wrong way of a one-way street. I'm a fool. I was one time, I was like, oh, I was going to be husband of the year. Dad of the year, there I was. I was going to like get my dinner together. I was going to make dinner. So I was getting all things, and I got the, the, the vegetables cooked and the meat cooked, and I got the rice cooker with the rice in it, and I'm all ready to go. <sighs> Do you know you actually have to turn the rice cookers on? What a bummer. <laughs> have you ever done that? <laughs> the whole meal's made, and now you've got to wait half an hour for the rice to cook. <laughs> I'm a fool. Just one wrong thing, and it kind of ruined everything else. Everything else getting cold and trying to keep it. Because why? Because I'm a fool. You know, one little thing goes the wrong way, and those are benign things. And, but, but that's the teacher's whole point here in Ecclesiastes. Foolishness is unavoidable. At some point, it does include you. The epitome of foolishness is to think that you are wise and other people are fools. The one who thinks he knows better, boy, those fools. It's, it's reassuring ourselves that other people are stupid and we're not. <laughs> That's not very wise, is it? Our assessment often is based on this need to, to see other people or maybe see ourselves as wiser than them. And, 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 and can we really detect a fool only in turn? terms of sort of bad decisions i think it's bigger than that if you haven't seen yourself as a fool if you just look at externals a fool is the one who makes bad decisions so so, so therefore i'm gonna not look like a fool by not putting up a good front on everybody and i'll do my stupid stuff at home in my closet we read it this morning romans 3 
There is no one righteous. No, not one. You say, well, I agree with that. Nobody's perfect, Dex. You say, that, that, that's true. But you do know that that means you're a fool. Why? What are you talking about? Well, that's what the Bible says, right? Paul is quoting from a psalm. We read the psalm a couple weeks ago, Psalm 14. Here it is. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abdominal deeds. There's no one who does good. The Lord looks down from the children of man to see if there's any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. They have all become corrupt. There's none who does good, not even one. That's what... Paul is quoting in Romans 3 that we all say, yes, 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 justification by faith. Therefore, what? You're a fool. That's the point. Every time that you're saying, there is no God, think through that with me, because you're probably saying, well, I say there's a God. No, 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 God is all-powerful, holy, pure, true, and when you're sin, right? You sin. You say, you sin? Oh, yeah, I sin. Everybody sins. I can't say I don't sin. Well, okay, when you sin, you're saying, aren't you, that there's no God. Well, you know better than God? God says don't steal. And you kind of say, yeah, but no one's going to notice. Just a little bit. God says don't lust. Yeah, that doesn't hurt anybody. Right, right? I'm, I'm disagreeing with God and what God says in his law, in his, in his perfect laying out for you what you should be and, and, and we choose, don't we? I choose. That's, sin isn't like involuntary. I actually sin because I want to. God says don't judge your brother. Boy, there I am laughing at the YouTube video of the fool. This guy's such a fool. Who's the fool? Me. And say, well, I'm not an atheist, I'm not a fool, I'm trusting in Jesus, so I'm wise. And yet, even after God saves us, we, we try and play God. Every time we sin, omission, commission, in that moment we're saying we're God. This is unbelief at its root, not believing what God's done and secured for us in Christ. And uh, Pride, people say, however you want to say that underlying sin. Choosing not to believe and instead securing for myself anger or lust or whatever. Say, well, that's not a big deal. Come on, everybody does it. And, and, and you know what? I'm wise most of the time. Like, like everybody, right? We're all in the same boat. We're, we're most of the time we're seeking after good things, and occasionally we do something dumb or stupid or sinful. But, but, but we're trying to be good people. That's kind of the Christian life, and that's life together, right? No, no, you didn't. This is what we do. You didn't actually hear the Bible. Did you see what we started with? I'll, let me bring it up again for us. This is chapter 10, verse 1 again. Back to the beginning of our chapter. Dead flies make the perfumer's ointment give off a stench. So a little folly outweighs wisdom and honor. You know what that is saying? It's saying you live in wisdom and stand in honor. And just occasionally a couple, that, that's a sweet perfume of your life. And just a couple times in a couple ways, you, 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 you're stupid. And, and, and this Bible says that that's like dead flies in perfume. Have you ever tried that? I think next time for their birthday I'll get my kids perfume with a few flies in it just to see if they'll use it. 
Oh, wait, I already know. No way, they're going to throw it away right away. Are you kidding? When do you do ever? Oh, let me tell. Oh, say, oh, ooh. Ooh to fly. <laughs> oh, no, you would never do that. That's terrible. That's like, I don't want anything to do with that. Well, that's just a little bit of foolishness in a huge pond of wisdom and honor. That's what he's saying, right? He's pushing back. There's no way to say, well, it's just a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of what? The thing we've used here is kind of pee in your coffee, right? Here, have a sip. Stay away from me, dude. Don't give me coffee to start with. But then you're going to put that in it? Not going to drink it. That, that's, that's foolishness. And, and, and to think through that, if it's sin, is foolishness, which it is, right? It is such a foolish thing to ever think that I would not do what God says for me to do. If, if that's what it is, then for going deeper, it's grounded in self-righteousness, right? It's grounded in me. The, the gospel says that Jesus' righteousness is all I have, that Jesus' holiness is all I have, and, and, and I get pulled to say, well, I, I'm going to develop my own. It's a disposition that concludes we, we, we are to better ourselves and, and having announced in Genesis 3 we can be our own God because that's what we did. We ate of the tree of the knowledge of, of, of good and evil and therefore eyes were open. It's like, oh no, the behavior we're doing now isn't right even though God has been fine with it. We, Adam and Eve said, we're going to go hide. That, that's the whole idea. They had this, this thing saying, we know better what to do. That's foolishness. I have to make it on my own. All of us feel this prove yourself stuff. The fool is quick to, to experience because of this internal pressure. I, I've got to be in control. I've, I've, I've got to put it together. I, I, I don't actually agree with what God has said. I'm going to go my own way, and, and we're all fools. Do you ever wonder where the constant pull to be right comes from? I don't know too many people who don't have this, who really, man, I, I need to be right. Be shocked at how deep it goes. None of us want to be wrong. Husbands or wives, you ache to be right. It's constant. Our worth depends on us being right. It's an identity. I, I don't want to be a fool. But wait a minute. You already are a fool. Well, well then I've got to get out of it. How do I stop? How do I escape the judgment of, of, of vanity? And, and, and the, the way I think about it is to be right or to win or to find value. That's what we've been hitting all these weeks in Ecclesiastes. That's, that's a dead end. He stands up and says, all that, the ways you're trying to get your value in these things, they're a dead end, and you're a fool. Thanks very much. That's super helpful. So where do we go? Like, if you're willing to say with me, okay, Dax, it's enough, you've, you've beat it to death, I'm a fool. There are times when I'm wise and I make good decisions. There are definitely things I do okay. Not, no, no one's saying there's not, right? Because it's, it's not about you have no perfume, it's that you've got flies in the perfume. That's the problem. You say, okay, I've got flies in my perfume. I'm a fool. What do I do? That's what I want to talk about. How do you free the fool? Because if I say to with you, I'm a fool, and I am, and yet I'm standing here free, what is that? 
Okay. Because how do we fight back against a passage like this or even sort of uh, some list of foolish behaviors? And there's three main ways we do this that are wrong. And one way that is the Bible. So the three ways, if you think about it with me, I'm just, just thinking there might be more than three. These are the three that I've been praying on and thinking through is to think through with you is, is how do you fight back to say, okay, I'm a fool. And you just let that sit that the Bible says I'm a fool. And, and I am and I accept it. I don't want to be. I want to live skillfully. I want to be wise. How do I do it? So the, the, the first way that, that most people do that is, is that they first have in your own mind kind of what you'd say. First thing I think they do is they call foolishness wise. This happens all over our society right now. People are saying, oh, that, the people do something utterly foolish and against God, but they say that's actually good. They call good bad and bad good. They do it all the time. They're confused or they, they, they're saying things that, that I believe aren't quite right, but they, you know, if a person is monopolizing the debate and just speaking all the time, you can't get a word in edgewise. And, or the, the person who steals with abandon. <laughs> I was reading about some person in a major metropolitan area who looting and they always loot a little less than a thousand dollars because then it doesn't matter and they can steal and everyone's saying well he probably has a reason why he needs it and they should just take it and let him go no stealing is a sin you shouldn't just do that but must need it so it's okay so you start to balance in your mind start to call foolishness wise and pretty soon you, you you've, you've thrown away all the bible's wisdom <laughs> in terms of the law and, and that's wrong I don't think it's hard to see it's wrong. Eventually somebody stands up and says, you know what? The emperor has no clothes. These things they're doing are so foolish. <laughs> if, if, if you have a, a, an idea, eventually someone says, wait, that, there's, there's truth, right? And, and you get to this idea that you can't get out of foolishness by calling foolishness wisdom. It doesn't work. Okay, that's the first way. So then there's the second way. The second way becomes more Christian, although certainly we have our ways that we call foolishness wise. But the first and second way, I think, is, is to improve out of it. I take foolishness and I put wisdom and, and I kind of put them on steps and I try and move from one to the other. And I be, it becomes the goal of my life is to move from foolishness to wisdom, uh, particularly if you're a Christian, with the help of the Holy Spirit. I can, though I was a fool... I can become a wise person by working at it. That's a really common thing, right? So you spend your life fixing your folly, and you might get there, and, and, and God is my improver, and the goal is improving me and to get me to be less of a fool. And what's the problem? The problem is I've been at this for, I don't know, as a Christian for 40 years, more. What do I stand up and tell you? I'm a fool. Well, is it not working? Maybe I'm less of a fool than I was a long time, but I'm still a fool. Am I going to be a fool my whole life? Is there any way out of this? So some people say, as Christians, they say, well, you get to a point eventually where you don't have any foolishness anymore. There's actually a name for that, but it's so foolish, I wouldn't even tell you. Because nobody's not a fool. You don't get out of it. The problem is there's always a few flies in the ointment, and, and so the text still applies to you. It doesn't say, well, you know, when I was younger, I had 12 flies in the ointment, and now I only have four. So here, use it. Uh, actually, I'm not using that until there's no flies. 
You always got to fly. If you need help with this, ask your spouse. Do I have any flies in my ointment? They will tell you yes. Or if they lie to you, they might say no. <laughs> That's a fly in their ointment. So it doesn't, you can't get away from it. It's always there, right? The problem is, there it is. So, and that leads to the other wrong way, we, the third main way, I, I, I'm going to call it relativism. By relativism, what I mean is, is that in, in, instead of me saying, okay, I'm going to be, I, I'm going to actually have no flies, I start to say, I just need to have less than you. We look around and say that the, the way to, to get, feel like I'm wise in life is to be less foolish than other people. Not to be foolish free, but just to be less foolish than you. I would feel great if I'm less foolish than you. So I have wisdom because I have some areas in which I have less foolishness than you. And so instead of using the Bible and saying what the Bible says is true, I use people and what people are and start to feel better if I can make myself feel a little nicer versus other people. That's relativism. It's, it's sort of the opposite of self-effort in some ways. You can't avoid being a fool no matter what, and so that, they get that right, and then you avoid this great folly by being better than the guy next to you. I mean, do your best. God grades on a curve. That kind of idea. And, and this leads you, like the other, to absolutely become a judger all the time. You have to, really. You can laugh at folly, but only if the folly isn't yours. You know, the first way, if you're self-improvement, you can't really laugh at folly. You've got to get over it. You've got to make sure you don't laugh. But, 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 but if you were a relativizer, then you can laugh as long as it's other people, but you don't, you don't want to laugh at your own. So this isn't biblical, right? Well, why do you say it's not biblical, Dax? Well, clearly in the Bible, here's Paul, right? Paul in 1 Corinthians 11, and he goes and he goes on this rant, and he says, oh, let me tell you how I'm wise and how I'm better than you. He says, I'm, and let me speak, and we say, I'm going to speak as a madman, as a fool. And then he goes into the ways in which he's been better than us. I'm a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I'm more zealous than anyone. I know my Bible. I've, I've, been, I've been stoned this many times. I've been beaten this many times for Jesus. I've been doing these amazing things for God. And, and let me just tell you, I'm being the most foolish man I can be right now, he says. To show you how relatively better I am than you. Madness, he calls it. And, and that's because... The problem is deep and pervasive and widespread, and it's going to take more than this surfeit to answer, like fix yourself or just flow with it. This freedom that we need isn't just plucking out the flies. It's By the way, so take your perfume bottle again and say you're looking at a, just a few flies to live a pretty good life. This is kind of what we end up wanting to do. We want to take the flies out wing by wing throw them away, and then give you the perfume. You going to use it? Not a chance. Not a chance. What do I need? I need a new bottle. That's what you need. You need a new bottle. So do, do, do you have a new bottle? That, that's what you have to have, right? So there's got to be a fourth way, a, a different way. We need God's amazing grace and the freedom that it produces this other way when we're brought to the end of ourselves and, and the obviously we're not cutting it. All this perfume that I have here, that my, my, my works, the very, very life that I've lived, it's dotted with folly. And sometimes there's more flies than perfume, honestly. 
And so that's why you have things like this. What's the work of God? Is that you believe in Him who He has sent. Believing in Jesus, that means you're not thinking, I'm, it's not Jesus, it's a power to help move me and, and, and pluck out my flies. It's actually trusting Christ and what He's done, right? That, that's where hope comes from. We always go back to the gospel and, and Martin Luther says to progress is to begin again. To begin again in what? It's, it's, it's this, right? Here's from 1 Corinthians. We've, we've read it before as we've gone through Ecclesiastes. It says, For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. Right? Folly to those who are perishing because, because it doesn't sound like it does a single thing. I would get it if what it says was, okay, wouldn't you get it if, if, the, if the cross was like medicine? If I said, okay, Swanson, you're sick, and you've got too many flies in your perfume, but if you would take this incredible medicine, these pills, and, and therefore the flies will go away, you know what I would be? I'd be on board for that. That makes total sense to me. It's not folly. That makes total sense. You say, hey, if you believe in Jesus, your flies go away. That's the problem with a sermon like this. That makes me remember one um, Sunday that I was in Africa and preaching. And I preached the gospel. I was so excited about Jesus and talking to them about Jesus. And in the mean, middle, they give you the Coke. I think I've shared this once before. And they, you're drinking the Coke and you're going to do it again to the next service. And hundreds of people that don't even speak English are translating for me. And there I am talking. And, and, and the guy comes up and says, your fly is broken. Oh, man, I'm such a fool. Why didn't I check before I went up there? And zip up my fly. But I'm such a fool. And all of a sudden we think Jesus is going to like wave his wand. All of a sudden you, you're, you're, you'll be... Per- no, that's not what he's doing, is it? That's, that's not the answer. The folly of the cross, we preach Christ crucified, is to those who are called Christ the power of God and Christ the wisdom of God. And, and that's what he continues to say there. Only when our boast is in a wisdom and a righteousness that is not our own. He goes on in the, in the passage, let me just show it to you briefly. He says, for Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to the Gentiles, but to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ the power of God and the wisdom of God. He, that's not a helper. It's an entirely different thing. It's like It looks like foolishness that we would trust in that instead of improving ourselves, instead of getting it right. We're saying, no, I trust Jesus over here who has done it all. You say, that, that makes no sense, Swanson, that's dumb. No, it's the power of God. The wisdom of God. It's only when our boast is in a wisdom and a goodness that's not our own that we're liberated from the pressure to establish ourselves that way. You know, there's no pressure on you to suddenly not be a fool. In fact, what what the message of the gospel is, is that Jesus Christ came and was a fool for you. He became a fool. Why? Because a prince who gets off his throne and comes and walks while the slaves ride horses. That's foolish. And yet Jesus did that. He, he left his heavenly throne and he came down to earth and he, he bled and died for you. That's foolishness. And yet Jesus did it. You didn't. Right? I received it. Do you trust that? Do you trust what he did? The gospel grants us that ability, right, to say that we're fools without giving up this amazing identity of saved in Christ because he's our wisdom. We can be fools, and we are. 
I'm not taking out the flies because I can't. I'm getting a whole new bottle of perfume. Ode to Christ. Because mine's got flies. And it does all the way through. We didn't become wise ourselves. Jesus became a fool for us. He is our wisdom, not our logic and our reasoning and our behavior. Him. It's not that we want to be fools. I don't. But we are free from the condemnation that accompanies foolishness apart from Christ. And we're also free from this this pernicious, pseudo-Christian thing that says what the goal of your Christian walk is is for you to become a better, wiser person. Like that's Jesus. No, no, no. no. If you want to be Christ-like, be a fool. Because that's who he is. And we receive him. That's why it says there's no condemnation for fools like you or me, because we're in Christ, right? That, that's why our catchphrase here is we stress forgiveness, not improvement. It's got to be that. That's the only hope we have is forgive, that God actually forgives your foolishness. You can stand a fool because Christ has forgiven it. In him you have none because you get his righteousness. But the reality is, as I look at you and I see your you're forgiven, If instead I come after you and I want to get into your heart and tinker with you so that you no longer have that foolishness, but now you have wisdom, then you don't need Jesus anymore. That's not Christianity. Sorry. Our foolishness cannot threaten our sense of value and identity and worth because we've been audaciously loved by Jesus Christ. Forever. Forgiven. Forever. The only way to be free from foolery is to trust the one who's our wisdom, who's our righteousness, and bank everything on Jesus. He bore the whole thing. The foolishness of God is wiser than men. The weakness of God is stronger than men. He is, right? And because of him, that passage ends, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. All of it. That, that's my Savior. You say, whoa, whoa, but that's... That, 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 no, 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 no. You've got to stay here. This is so important for you and me. We stay right here together. And we say, oh, I look at the fool and I laugh at him. And then I hold up the mirror, mirror and I laugh at myself. I'm worthy of ridicule. And at the same time, I know that I stand forgiven. That's how we work. I believe it. I trust it. And when I fall down in it, I need you to to speak it to me. And I speak it to you. And we as a community say, this is where we live. The forgiveness of Jesus Christ for you. Welcome, fool. He's all we have.